0: Happy New Year, welcome to 2021, but this week's Wrestling with Theology takes us back still linking to 2020 as we're episode 105, the fifth Wednesday Wrestle Extravaganza, and as we are here, the end of the year, no other pay-per-view is appropriate to talk about than the granddaddy of them all, Stargate. The one that started them all. Although, as WWE will tell you, 83 through 86, everything was basically just on closed-circuit TV and not full-on pay-per-view. But we're going to look at Starcade, 83 to 2000. A lot of great matches. A lot of historic matches that I can find videos of the wrestlers talking about and having interviews about these matches but not actually being able to find the matches themselves except for maybe a minute here or a minute there without having to go and subscribe to the wwe network and give them money to be able to not share with you the actual video so it does you no good does me no good but now we're in rust Russell extravaganza starcade some great cards that were put together especially in the late 80s early 90s some stuff that really most people could have cared less about in the mid to late 90s and on into even today or to the end of WCW but the first few really seem to circle around two people the nature boy rick flair world heavyweight champion and handsome jimmy valiant and his feud with number one paul jones and we'll see that a couple of times here so Starcade 83 a flair for the gold Two biggest matches there, the two that even today, almost 40 years later, are still talked about. The dog collar match, where Roddy Piper beats Greg the Hammer Valentine. They talk about this, and I've seen the videos from, I've seen videos from each of them talking about just the brutality of it, because back in those days, you didn't have the pay-per-view, you had the closed-circuit television, you had the small audiences and markets where you could actually have this broadcast. So they would have to have these matches numerous times. And it is still today considered one of the most brutal matches, the one that was actually aired with Starcade 83 between these two guys. And I have not seen this match. I have heard about this match for years. But I have still not seen a video of this match. But I, with these two guys, I could definitely say it would be an awesome match. And then you have, of course, the tagline. A flair for the gold. World heavyweight title on the line in a cage this also was one of those matches that was highly hyped because harley race is defending the title in the greensboro coliseum and the last thing he wants is to be in a cage and he talks about it about being caged like an animal and that's not the way a world championship match ought to be held but He has the match. Flair wins the title for his second time as World Heavyweight Champion in that match. Move on to Starrcade 84. Two big matches there. Well, three big matches. If you want to call the Tuxedo Street Fight Loser Leaves Town match between Paul Jones and Handsome Jimmy Valiant a big match. Again, like I said, the early ones revolve around this pointless feud between jimmy valiant and paul jones i've seen a lot of the videos a lot of the stuff that went on with it i still can't tell you today what the point was behind that it was just something they had these guys that they were paying to be on the ro- roster and well needed something to do but honestly big match United States heavyweight title match. Wahoo McDaniel defending the title against superstar Billy Graham. That, I'm sure, would have been a great match as well, as Wahoo successfully defends his title against the one-time WWWF world heavyweight champion. And many-time southern heavyweight champion of the world, as he would say down in Florida. Then you have the World Heavyweight title match. Ric Flair still in his second reign, I believe, as World Heavyweight Champion. Defending successfully against Dusty Rhodes. This, I believe, is towards the beginning of the whole Dusty Rhodes-Horseman feud. Which was a brilliant, brilliant feud. I would beg to say the best, if not second best feud ever ever in pro wrestling depending on how you want to take Eric Embry and Devastation Incorporated with the or world-class versus USWA feud in the early 90s. We move on to Starcade 85, The Gathering, and truly a gathering of great matches. The one that everyone still talks about today as being one of the best matches ever and i would go to say that it is definitely in my top five of matches the i quit steel cage match for the united states heavyweight title tully blanchard defending against magnum ta this match i could watch over and over again and i have seen this match it is an Awesome match where Tully finally has to give it up. And if I remember right, it's because he has the back of a wooden folding chair jabbed into his forehead. It was definitely one of the most violent, bloodiest matches that you had in the mid 80s. Then we get into the I don't know what the heck they were thinking matches atlanta street fight jimmy valiant and miss atlanta lively taking on jim cornett's midnight express dennis condry and bobby eaton i don't know what exactly the idea was behind the miss atlanta lively gimmick and ron garvin in drag this is two years before he is world heavyweight champion but, again, having a man who was as decent a wrestler as Ron Garvin, dress in drag, I, I don't get it. But Jimmy Valiant and Garvin won that match against the Midnight Express. Then you have the World Tag Team titles being held in a cage match. Ivan and Nikita Koloff defending against the Rock and Roll Express. One of those, I, this is the old day where escaping the cage was not an option. You didn't win the match by escaping the cage. The cage was to keep people out, not to keep you in. But I do believe this is the Rock and Roll Express's first time as world tag team champions, as they beat the Koloffs in the cage. Then we have the World Heavyweight title match. Ric Flair still champion, maybe champion again, defending once again against Dusty Rhodes. But this time, Dusty wins the title. And I think this is his third time, and maybe even final time, as World Heavyweight champion. And that was always one of the things Dusty worried about as Booker and as the guy kind of running the show is that did he book himself into too many world heavyweight titles i don't know he's not as bad as lawler and you guys if you have listened to me you know i love jerry lawler i loved memphis wrestling for most of it and yeah he's like a 51 time southern heavyweight champion why he was one of the bookers he was one of the guys Deciding who got to hold the titles. Dusty was one of them. But I do say he did better job. As keeping himself out of it. And yeah. Numerous world tag team titles. United States heavyweight titles. Television titles. Sure. But you know. He did good with. Especially his. Feud with the horsemen. Of not having the title. Just keep changing hands. Because that was one of the things that just was really irritating with Memphis wrestling. All right, Starcade 1986, I believe the first one, maybe the last one of the closed circuit, first one of the pay-per-view era, but this is the one that when people talk Starcade, this is the one that they'll usually talk about, you know, full card. You had Indian strap match, Wahoo McDaniel defeating Rick Rude. You had a hair versus hair match, where Jimmy Valiant shaved Paul Jones' head, With Manny Fernandez locked in a cage. This is shortly after Manny Fernandez turned on Valiant and joined Paul Jones' army. Tully Blanchard winning the world television title in a first blood match against Dusty Rhodes. And then the match that really set the bar for tag team matches for a long time. The Skywalkers match four men up on a scaffold 20 feet above the ring road warriors versus midnight express and this is that infamous match that bobby eaton says everybody remembers this one why because at one point at the end of the match eaton and stan lane had already been thrown off the scaffold You had Hawk and Animal up there with Jim Cornette. Humorous way of doing it, but you have Cornette basically jumping off to be caught by Big Bubba Rogers. And Rogers loses him in the light. And he ends up nearly breaking his leg or his arm or both, landing on the mat, because he was expecting to be caught and... Ray Trailer missed it. I mean, just plain and simple, missed it. And the main event of that card, World Heavyweight title match, Ric Flair defending against Nikita Koloff, kind of one of those that was just a throwaway main event, ending in a double disqualification. And this was Koloff, I believe, taking Magnum's place in this match after Magnum TA's motorcycle accident. Then Nikita became a face and then took his place as the rising star to be possibly a future World Heavyweight Champion. Starcade 87, Chi Town Heat, United Center in Chicago. This was months after Jim Crockett bought out Bill Watts's. Universal Wrestling Federation and was working on trying to combine the two into one so you have a lot of unification matches you have the uh, you have the UWF heavyweight title not being unified with the NWA title because we had still the things to work out as to which one of the champions would have it but you have Steve Williams successfully defending the UWF Heavyweight title against Barry Windham. You have another Skywalkers match. This time, the Rock and Roll Express defeating the Midnight Express. You have NWA television champion Nikita Koloff defeating UWF television champion Terry Taylor in a title unification match. And we didn't have the World Heavyweight unification match yet because World Heavyweight title, main event, Starcade 87 cage match. Ronnie Garvin defending the title against Ric Flair. Again, this was that one that everybody still talks about. Garvin should never have had the title, but they wanted a placeholder champion for a couple of months, and nobody else on the roster wanted it. I'm sure they probably could have had I'll pick your jobber from there, and they probably would have put him on as a surprise win over rick flair somehow i mean you can easily get those to happen but flair wins the title once again i believe that's his fifth nwa world heavyweight title reign over again the guy who probably should never have had the title in the first place now given his stepson that title would have been a great idea but jimmy garvin was in awa at the time I believe he was still World Tag Team Champions with Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal. Stargate 88, True Grit. Six-man tag team match. The Midnight Express of beautiful Bobby Eaton, Sweet Stan Lane, and Jim Cornette defeating the original Midnight Express of Dennis Condry, Randy Rose, with Paulie Dangerously as their manager. World heavyweight title match and that one had Ric Flair successfully defending against Lex Luger in a match that was not as great as it would could have been. But this was also part of that time where Luger had just left the Horseman and was making a name for himself by himself. Stark '89 Future Shock. This was... A great idea. An Iron Man and an Iron Team tournament. Two round robin tournaments. One by Sting and the Road Warriors. Uh, but Sting having to go through Lex Luger, Ric Flair, and Great Muda. The Road Warriors having to go through the Steiner Brothers, the Wild Samoans, and Doom. This is also when Sting's short lived tenure as a horseman began. It would end. Month and a half later. At Clash of the Champions 10. Where. Sting would refuse to give up. The title shot. That he earned. From winning the Iron Man tournament. And was then. Injured. At the hands of the horsemen. Starcade 1990. This one. Was another great one. As you had a U.S. heavyweight title Texas Lariat match where Lex Luger won the U.S. heavyweight title again, this time defeating, well, Texas Lariat, you know that's Stan the Lariat Hanson. This was one of those I enjoyed seeing Stan Hanson as the U.S. champion. I had seen him a little bit in AWA, but I really got to see him in 1990 as the U.S. heavyweight champion and just Loved the whole Western Texas tobacco chewing, you know, everything just down home Texas hick. And then you have the world heavyweight title cage match, the great cage match where Sting, having won the world heavyweight title from Flair earlier in the year, having come back from. His injury that he had legitimately sustained at, the sh- at Clash 10. Uh, came back, beat Ric Flair, then was defending against the Black Scorpion. That was another great storyline. And again, these storylines, we're talking about months in the making, in the building up of the anticipation and the heat. You just don't get that nowadays. AEW, MLW, WWE, you name it, you don't have the buildup like this. To where you have Black Scorpion coming out and just giving ambiguous, crazy things going on. And then eventually, yes, it's revealed to be Ric Flair under the mask. Starcade 91 was, in my mind, the best thought out of all of the Starcades. Not that it had awesome matches because many of them were snoozers and not even probably worth watching. But the idea of a lethal lottery random, air quotes, here, random tag teams put together to Face off, and the winners of those matches go into the Battle Bowl, a 16 man battle royal for some amount of money. So, just run through the lethal lottery matches from Starcade 91. Marcus Bagwell and Jimmy Garvin defeated Michael Hayes and Tracy Smothers. Great thing about this, Garvin and Hayes, I believe, are the world tag team champions at the time. And they were feuding with the Southern boys of Tracy Smothers and Brad Armstrong. This becomes a recurring theme. you got Steve Austin and Rick Root. Awesome tag team combination there. Defeating Van Hammer and Big Josh, or otherwise known as Matt Bourne. Dustin Rhodes and Richard Morton defeating Larry Zbysko and El Higante. Bill Kazmaier and Jushin Thunder Liger defeating Diamond Dallas Page and Mike Graham. Lex Luger and Arn Anderson defeating Terrence Taylor and Z-Man. Ricky Steamboat and Todd Champion defeating Cactus Jack and Buddy Lee Parker. That would have been an interesting combination. Sting and Abdullah the Butcher. Another awesome idea that of a, of two guys that did not get along, defeating Brian Pillman and beautiful Bobby Eaton. Vader and Mr. Hughes defeating Rick Steiner and the Night Stalker, also known as Adam Bob or Wrath. Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip, also known as US Mail Curtis Thompson, defeated Arachnaman, Brad Armstrong, and Johnny B. Bad. The final match was Ron Simmons and Thomas Rich defeating Steve Armstrong and PN News. So then you get all those guys who had won the matches, throw them into a battle royal. Sting wins that one, last eliminating Lex Luger. They thought that was so great in 91, they decided to do it again in 92. And then throw a couple other matches on top of it. So those Lethal Lottery matches, Van Hammer and Danny Spivey defeating Johnny B. Bad and Cactus Jack. Vader and Dustin Rhodes defeating Kinsuke Sasaki and Barbarian. Great Muda and Barry Wyndham defeating Brian Pillman and Two Cold Scorpio. And Steve Williams and Sting defeating Juice and Thunder Liger and Eric Watts. Great Muda wins the second Battle Bowl. But on top of that, you had the NWA World Heavyweight title match. As WCW had broken away and had two World Heavyweight titles for a little bit, where Masahiro Chono gets a cheap win, in my opinion. Although Shono Muda, great match anywhere. But if Muda's already done a tag team match and a battle royal, now he's getting a World Heavyweight title shot that same night. Okay, that's a lot of work to have to do. And then you had the WCW World Heavyweight title match where Ron Simmons was defending the title against Dr. Desi Williams, which ends up Simmons winning by disqualification. Starrcade 1993, the 10th anniversary. The best match on the card that night truly was the United States heavyweight title match. Best of three falls. Stunning Steve Austin defeating Dustin Rhodes. Two falls to none. You also had the WCW International World Heavyweight title. Again, another World Heavyweight title there. Where Rick Rude successfully defended against The Boss. Ray Trailer, Big Boss Man, Big Bubba Rogers. Pick your name. And the WCW World Heavyweight title versus career. So Vader putting up his title against Ric Flair's career. Well, um, this is 93. Flair was still wrestling in 03, so you know Flair won the title back from Vader. 94. Triple threat. U.S. Heavyweight title, Vader. Successfully defeated Jim Duggan for the U.S. heavyweight title. And Hulk Hogan successfully defended the world heavyweight title against The Butcher. Also known as Brutus Beefcake. 95. Another great idea for a card. And truly, probably one of the better cards. The World Cup of Wrestling. Best of 7 series between New Japan and WCW. Jushin Thunder Liger. Defeats Chris Benoit. Koji Kanamoto defeated Alex Wright, putting New Japan up two matches to none. Lex Luger defeated Masahiro Chono. And Johnny B. Bad defeated Masa Saito by DQ to tie it back up at two matches apiece. Shinjiro Otani defeated Eddie Guerrero to have New Japan go back up a match. Randy Savage defeated Hiroyoshi Tenzan to tie it all back up. Seventh and final match in the series. Sting defeated Kinsuke Sasaki uh, for WCW, of course, to win the World Cup of Wrestling. Then you had the Triple Threat Match where Ric Flair defeated Lex Luger and Sting in order to earn a title shot at Randy Savage that very night, which Flair then won and regained the World Heavyweight title for the umpteenth time going into Starcade 96. You've got the New World Order starting to come in. You have the Outsiders as the World Tag Team Champions, successfully defending against the Faces of Fear, Barbarian and Ming. And then you have the U.S. Heavyweight title match where Eddie Guerrero beats Diamond Dallas Page in a tournament final And one of those great matches. I still remember Eddie Guerrero coming off Page hitting him with the diamond cutter as he's coming off with a frog splash, but Eddie still holding on to win the match. Then we go downhill. 97. You have a Raven's Rules match where Perry Saturn defeated Chris Benoit. You have Larry Zabisco defeating Eric Bischoff by DQ with Bret Hart as the guest referee. And then the World Heavyweight title where Sting defeats Hollywood Hogan win the title once again 98 you have Bischoff defeating Ric Flair and no disqualification world heavyweight title match Kevin Nash wins the title from Goldberg I believe that one was actually where Goldberg's winning streak ended Starcade 99 bunkhouse brawl Jeff Jarrett defeating Dustin Rhodes crowbar on a pole match where Diamond Dallas Page defeated Ric Flair or David Flair And then World Heavyweight title, no DQ match, Bret Hart successfully defended the title against Goldberg. And now the last of the Starcade cards for the 20th Century Starcade 2000. Again, a bit of a snoozer. No Holds Barred match where Goldberg defeated Luger. And then World Heavyweight title where Scott Steiner successfully defended the title against Sid Vicious. I'm still not exactly sure why they gave Scott Steiner the title they must have had nobody else to give it to because Scott Steiner never one of my ideas for a world champion. Still slightly better than Ronnie Garvin, but again, not very far up the list. So that's Starrcade. That is Wrestle Extravaganza for this time around. I encourage you next week, we begin... Are probably year-long look at Article 4 of the Apology of the Augsburg Confession in the Confessional Corners. We talk about justification and what does it mean to be justified in the eyes of God. In three weeks, we've got digging deeper, getting into the Psalms, and we'll be going through the Psalms for a while because there's a lot in the Psalms to dig deeper into. So I encourage you to be here for that. We have the Moments of Meditation on every morning. We're still in the midst of the 12 days of Christmas devotions going on. And starting in February, we'll have the Majoring and the Minors audio on a probably two times a week format going through the Minor Prophets in chronological order that I've been doing on the Wrestling With Theology Facebook page, putting them out here on the podcast to maybe get a little bit wider, broader audience and exposure with that. But that's what's going on with Wrestling With Theology. I am Pastor Doug Menton, proud to have spent the last half hour with you, and wishing you God's richest blessings in 2021 as you wrestle with theology. Amen.